0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. The apologies for starting out late. We had to sort everything ourselves, and it was uh, it was a bit of a difficult process. But um, I'm going go on with the word. And see how the Lord leads us tonight Praise the name of the Lord But I want to welcome you, thank you for your patience Let's pray and let's get into the word Father thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to receive And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ The lives of men will be supernaturally strengthened in the name of Jesus Alright, let's go to Matthew chapter 3 Matthew chapter 3 And verse 2 And one of the things I want to start out with Is why did we call this the Kingdom Bible Seminar The Kingdom Bible Seminar I, you know, in starting I actually wanted to call it the Faith Seminar But, you know, as I began to think and meditate on this I began to see that there is something deeper and stronger Than the subject of faith And, And we want to see how we can build on that But if you study the scriptures properly, especially the New Testament, uh, beginning from the Gospels, one of the things you will find is that when Jesus started preaching and the commission he gave to the disciples was to teach the message of the kingdom. And that's important. To teach the message of the kingdom. Go to Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. Matthew chapter 3 verse 2 says, Now, verse 1, Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was talking about the dispensation of the kingdom, the revelation of the kingdom. Now, why was John the Baptist preaching the message of the kingdom? John the Baptist was preaching the message of the kingdom because a new order of things have come into place. A new regime, a new government, a new way of living. And that's very foundational because if we do not understand the kingdom of God or the operations of the kingdom of God... What happens is that we use faith alone just to get things and not to execute the purpose of God. But remember what we're studying in this Kingdom Bible Seminar. We're talking talking about the faith that overcomes the world or the faith that has the capacity... To overcome the world So we identify that John the Baptist Started out by preaching repentance For the kingdom of heaven is at hand That word repentance means to change your mind To renew your mind To think again To change what you believe about something Now go to Matthew chapter 4 Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17 Matthew 4.17 Now we, we, we saw in Matthew chapter 3 That John the Baptist started preaching the message of the kingdom In Matthew chapter 4 And verse 17 The Bible says from that time Jesus began to preach And say repent For the kingdom of heaven is at hand So you see John the Baptist Started preaching the message of the kingdom Jesus picked up the message of the kingdom Now when you go to Matthew chapter 10 Come with me Matthew chapter 10 And verse 7 The scripture says Jesus was speaking to the disciples He says And as you go Preach saying The kingdom of heaven is at hand So you realize something Jesus uh, John the Baptist Picked up preaching the message of the kingdom Jesus picked up preaching the message of the kingdom He commissions the disciples And they start talking about The message of the kingdom Now Jesus died And resurrected Go to Acts chapter 1 Acts chapter 1. And this is very foundational because we must begin to see everything from the perspective of the kingdom. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. Acts one three. To these, uh, when Jesus verse 1 says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, 40 days after Jesus resurrected, He was still talking about the kingdom of God. Why was the message big on the kingdom of God? It's because when we got born again, we got translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And it's important that we see Christianity from that perspective. Which means that we are now part of a royal kingdom. Praise God. We're now part of a royal kingdom. And whatever we have in this kingdom should be used according to the dictates of the king. And and why am I emphasizing this? Because I see a lot of believers struggling to keep up with the world. A lot of believers struggling to keep in tune with the world. A lot of believers wanting to live in such a way that the world would like them. But, you see, if you study the scriptures very thoroughly, you will realize that living in the world and living in the kingdom, they are two different things altogether. Now, let's look at Paul. Go to Acts 28. Now, you observe something again. When we come to Acts chapter 1 verse 28, the terminology of the kingdom of heaven being at hand is taken out. He just says he was teaching about the kingdom. Why? Because after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the kingdom of God was manifested. Praise God. Go to Acts 28. Acts chapter 28. Praise God. Verse 31. Acts chapter 28 and verse 31. Praise God. Acts 28, 31. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 28 and verse 31. And we find the story of Paul. The scripture says that Paul rented his own apartment. Acts twenty-eight thirty-one, After Verse 30 says, And he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters, and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness and unhindered. Two things you find there. It says he was teaching the kingdom and speaking about the things concerning the Lord Jesus without with all openness unhindered. So you realize that even though Paul wasn't part of the foundational apostles or what you call the apostles of the Lamb, what happened is that by the time he, he got the revelation of the new creation, he picked up the message of the kingdom. And why am I emphasizing this? The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. Is the rule and the reign of God. and, And it's important for us to understand that when we became born again, we were born into a kingdom. We were born into a kingdom. And this kingdom determines our lifestyle. This kingdom determines our confession, praise God. Because most of the times when we... Talk to, when we talk about um, the, the subject of faith The first thing that comes into people's mind Is faith for things You understand that? Faith, they want to hear things They want to uh, you know, get things They want to be able to get things Many people have not seen faith ...as a lifestyle of the kingdom for overcoming the world. Praise God. Many have not seen faith as a lifestyle of the kingdom for overcoming the world. Now, when we go to 1 John, let's go to 1 John now. One of the things you understand about the writings of the apostles... ...one of the key things is that the apostles were writing to address certain issues... Praise God. The apostles were, ad- were writing to address certain issues and certain governing mindsets in their days. So, the believers had certain mindset that they were contending with. Praise God. And the apostles were writing these letters to be able to confront some of these things. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter... We're going to read chapter 5. Praise God. 1 John chapter 5. Now, one of the prevailing things... Now, pay attention to this. One of the prevailing things, and you're going to see it here as we begin to study. One of the prevailing things you see about the writings of John is the fact that he uses very simple Greek analogies. So, he talks about light and darkness, life and death, truth and lie, love and hate. It, 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 it was a simplified way, you know, that the Greeks wrote. And that's how John approached most of his writings. So, you see a bit of comparison with light and life... You know, hate and love and all of that. But in his days, there were these uh, Gnostic teachers, which, which is uh, Gnosticism. They were Gnostic teachers, which was the, their, their teaching and their philosophy were based on five things. And I want you to observe those five things because you see that if you read the writings of John, John confronts those things in his writing. First of all, they talked about the human body um, is matter, therefore it's evil. Okay, They didn't believe that there was anything good In the human body They just felt that uh, God was deaf, just spirit and soul Okay. Then number two They saw salvation as escape from the body all right, And achieved not by faith in Christ But by special knowledge That's where that word uh, Gnosticism came from Gnosis is knowledge It's a Greek word for knowledge Now, they also denied the humanity of Christ in two ways You know, some some talked about Christ seemed to have just the body. And others, you know, they just had this whole theory of denying the appearance of Christ manifested on the earth. And John dealt with that. John dealt with that. Okay? Then the next thing is, since they considered the body to be evil, their body was treated harshly. Okay? So, that forms the background for... Um, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 21 to 23. I mean, that formed the whole background that also Paul was addressing. And funny enough, because of this theory of dualism, you know, they felt the body was no good, they were also given to very loose and immoral living, which is strange. Okay, because they felt, well, nothing good is in our body. And, and if you put these five things together, these were some of the things that Paul was specific, um, um, John was specifically trying to address. Okay? And they formed the bedrock of his later and his conversation to the saints. So he spoke to the saints as an elder, you know, and the undertone is to address some of these things. Now let's go to first John chapter five and let's begin to build up what we have here. First John chapter five, and we're gonna read particularly verse one, and we're gonna stop in verse our main text is is first John five four, of course, but we'll stop in verse five. So let's get a context of this. I'm thinking if we should go to... You know, so there's a whole lot of talk about love if you go to 1 John chapter 4 and you go down and all of that and all of that and all of that. Now, uh, if you go to 1 John 4 now, let me just substantiate some things here. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So you see that. That he was addressing the issue of Jesus not being flesh. He was addressing that dimension uh, through this later. Then if you read on, it goes to talk about the love of God, how Jesus died for us and the rest. Now go to verse chapter 5 verse 1 now. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And this is strong. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. So, (laughs) John is saying, listen, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ. What's the Christ there? The Messiah, the Anointed One. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. That means, that believing in the person of Jesus, confers you the new birth. But he goes on to say, and whoever loves the Father... Loves the child born of him. So he says, listen. If you love God, you would love your brothers. Because your brothers were born, or they are born from the same father. Now, do you understand this? That if we understand this dimension that uh, that John is teaching us. What we are going to see is how easy it is. To love our brothers and sisters. Because we're going to see it from one perspective that we are of the same parentage. And this right here is the is the cure to offense and the cure to anger and the cure to strife. Praise God. It's the cure to offense, the cure to anger, the cure to strife. Seeing that we are of the same Father. Seeing that we came from the same source. Verse 2. By these we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and observe his commandment. When we love God and observe his commandment. So John is dealing with two things here. You know, because people are quick to jump to the faith scripture. They are quick to jump to jump to whatever is born of God. Overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But before John talked about that, he talked about very foundational issues that either cause your faith to produce or cause them not to produce. He talks about your love work and talks about observing the commandment of Christ. He talks about your love work. Yeah, he talks about your love work because faith works by love. Faith works by love. So John was big on the love work here. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child that is born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God. How do we know that we love the children of God? Number one, when we love God and observe His commandments. When we love God and observe his commandments. Praise God. Verse 3. For this is the love of God. He, 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 see how John is writing? That we keep his commandments. So he's saying, listen, if you say that you are a child of God, you should love God. And he, you know, the thing I like about John is he defines everything. We cannot give our definition of We cannot give our definition of love. We cannot decide how we can love God. And that's why sometimes I don't get it when people say, Well, I'm done with the local church. I just want to serve God on my own. Listen, you cannot separate Jesus from His church. You cannot separate Jesus from the local church. The local church is the manifestation of the body of Christ on the earth. It doesn't matter how messed up the local church might be. It's God's perfect plan. Praise God. It's God's perfect plan. Glory to God. Are you still here? Come on, are you still here? It's God's perfect plan for the believer. So John goes to say, for this is the love of God. What is the love of God? You know, people say, well, I love God. God loves me. You know, right now, and and I'm going to deal with this as I go on. You know, the message that is strong, so strong in in our generation is the message of grace. And I preach the grace of God. But you know, grace is almost becoming a license to do all kinds of shady stuff. And you know, just the love of God. Just the love of God. We know God loves us. We know absolutely that God loves us. Are you following this? We know absolutely that God loves us. The question I want to ask you is, do you love God? Right? We know God loves us. He's, 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 he's shown His love for us on the cross. He's shown His love for us by dying for us. He's shown His love for us by releasing grace to us. Come on, are you still here? So the question is, do you love God? It's not just enough talking about, oh, how God loves me. I know my life is messed up, but God loves me. I know God, but God just loves me. Yes, sir, I agree with you. And we thank God for His love. We did not have the capacity to love God uh, until He first loved us. But now the question is, sir, do you love God? Mar, do you love God? And someone say, well, you know, I love God. Well, how do I know that you love God? Verse three, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not heavy. What, what it means is when we come into the kingdom of God, we realize that the love commandments of God, the, the instructions of God to us, are instructions that will make us function in maximum kingdom effectiveness. They're not grievous. Praise God. They're not grievous. Hallelujah. Come on, I said Hallelujah. They're not grievous. They're not burdensome. And so this is the framework in which John begins to engage. The subject of faith. Now listen carefully. He wasn't engaging the subject of faith for just people who just want to get things. He was engaging the overcoming faith for people who have received the love of God. Come on now. They have received the love of God, number one. Number two, they have released the love of God. You need to write that down. We don't only just receive God's love, we must also learn to release His love. They have received the love of God, praise God, and they have learned to release the love of God by how? By loving their brothers. And also act on the love by obeying the commandments of God. And these are the people he was writing to and talking about faith right here. Because we, we almost we want to use faith to do all sorts of things and not love God. We want to use faith to, do, to move mountains. And not love the brothers. We want to use faith to do the impossible. And not obey the commandments of God. We want the tools of the kingdom. Without the character of the kingdom. We want the tools of the kingdom. Without the effectiveness of the kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. We want the tools of the kingdom. But we don't want anything to do with the lifestyle of the kingdom. And that's not what faith is. That's why some people took a hold of the faith message and went extreme into materialism. Because they didn't love God in the first place. They loved money. And they found something that they could use to get money. They didn't love God in the first place. They loved fame. And they found something that could make them famous. Are you following? So when they heard prosperity, when they heard you can believe God for something, they ran after the message without running after the one who brings the message, which is God. Oh, they heard men give and God is going to supply your needs and and man they took a hold of that and turned it into business. And so you have people who want to just use their faith to get things, but they don't want anything to do with the character of God, the love of God, the love of the brethren, and obeying the commandments of God. Listen, there's still something as obeying God's will for your life. And acting out what the Word of God says exactly, whether you feel like it or not, because right now, you're part of the kingdom of God. Are are you following this now? So this is not just your regular faith message pumped up no this is something that's calling us back to the foundation of the kingdom the rule the reign the governing of god i said something the other day and i was saying how many believers actually listen to god first before they decide on their geography or geographical locations many would not many would not why because they don't have a sense of the kingdom. Because if you have a sense of the kingdom and you understand what I'm teaching about the kingdom, you're going to ask God questions. Because you know that when you became born again, you were now called as an ambassador to the kingdom of God to represent the kingdom, to release the kingdom. And to reconcile men back to God. And wherever you are, there is an assignment of God over your life. Praise God. And God wants to give you faith, not just for a car. God wants to give you faith to be able to get His purpose done in the most impossible of places. Glory to God. Now, come with me now. Uh, verse 3. For this is the love of God, thank you Lord, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For whatsoever is born of God, for whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. Now go back to First John five one. It says, "Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God." So this is who he's talking about. Go to verse five now. I read verse one now. Go to verse five. Who? Sorry, verse four. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory. That has overcome the world. This is the victory, pastors. That has overcome the world. Our faith. And we're going to investigate this. What kind of faith is this? Now. Who is he? Who overcomes the world. But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you realize that John is... Like saying the same thing in another way Look at verse 1 1 John 5 one. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ Is born of God Go to 1 John 5, 5 Who is the one who overcomes the world But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God Now John uses Three times The phrase Overcome the world In these two verses Look at verse 4 for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Underline that. That's the first one. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. That's the second one. Our faith. Three. Who, uh, the third one. Verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world? So in two verses, John talks about overcoming the world Three times it means there is something about overcoming the world that he either was trying to emphasize, was trying to teach, or was trying to communicate. In fact, John uses the word "world," the phrase "world cosmos," eighteen times in his letter. In all of his letters, he uses that phrase eighteen times. He used that in First John two two, First John 2, 15, 1 John six one. First John 217, first John 3 one, first John 313 praise God first John 317 first John 4 one first John four three first John four four first John four five reading first John 4 first John 4 fourteen four seventeen four 5 reading 1st john 4 1st john 4 5.4, 5 19 and then second John 1 seven. Eight times John speaks about the world. So what exactly is this world? It's something we're going to investigate from tomorrow. What exactly is this world that we need to overcome? You know, and sometimes when people talk about this, the thing that comes into their mind, first of all, is problems. You know, like, oh, there are so many problems in the world. (laughs) It might be stronger than that. It might be a bit more than that. Praise God. Now, let's look at this term. What does it mean to be born of God? What does it mean to be born of God? Let's, Let's investigate that term. Because that's the key thing. Right In verse 4 it says For whatsoever is born of God Overcomes the world So we need to understand very clearly What it means to be born of God And if we understand that Then we have that guarantee We know exactly Praise God So first uh, the, John uses this phrase Born of God Five times He uses it in 1 John 3 9 1 John 3.9 No one, 1 John 3.9 No one who is born of God practices sin. Because his seed, the seed of God abides in him. And he cannot sin or he will not continue to sin because he is born of God. Praise God. He uses it in 1 John 4, seven. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's the second time. First John 5 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. I, I, are you following this now? Okay. Now, third one. First John 4 4. First John 5 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. First John 5 18. We know that no one "...who is born of God sins, but he who is born of God keeps himself, and the evil one does not touch him." So one of the things that John deals with, listen carefully to this, is the concept of being born of God and not sinning. He deals with that. He lays that very clear, that the seed of God is in the one who is born of God. Because if we want to talk about world overcoming faith, we cannot talk about living in the world... Or living us the world and still expect to have world-overcoming faith. Come on, are you with me? We cannot expect to live in the terms of the world and become our believers and still expect to function at a level of faith that overcomes the world. You cannot overcome something you are in love with. You cannot conquer something you are in love with. And that's why James was clear when he says and um, if you're friends with the world you're an enemy of God. These things are clear in scriptures, they are clear. They're not they're not gray areas. These are apostolic writings and these are the apostolic foundations we need to be able to build a strong governing church on the face of the earth. These are the foundations we need These are the framework we need To be able to build a people of character again Because if we live If our living is consistent With the times of the world The world will always draw the border lines for us But no, we're not of this world Even though we are in the world But we're not of this world Our source is not of the world Praise God Glory to God Our constitution is different Our expectation is different Our confession is different Our character is different And it's time for us to begin to examine these things as it is in the scriptures. Not the way we want to hear it. Not how it's comfortable for us. James says, if a man is a friend of the world, that man is an enemy of God. (laughs) It's clear. And so we have to define what the world is. Praise God. We have to define what the world is. I've seen people lose their faith just to be relevant in the world. I've seen people make all kinds of decisions just to be loved by the world. I've seen people not being able to obey the dictates and the practice of God's word because the world is going to look at them as foolish. Now, who cares? You are either trying to please God or you're trying to please the world. And if you want to, Please God, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come on, are you still with me? Now, what does it mean to be born of God? John chapter 1. And, 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 and you know, somebody say, well, to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's true and that's correct. But let's look at it. Let's not assume that we all know what does it mean to be born of God. Because I realize that one of the things we'll find out is that people grow up in the church environment, grow up in a Christian home and everything, and there's just this assumption that people are born again or born of God. You know, but there's a process to it. There's a process to it. You realize that some people, troubles and all kinds of stuff drove them to church. And when they came to church, the pastor used the power of God and the anointing of God to meet their needs. But did not teach them what salvation is. So many do not even understand the essence of the gospel. That's how you see all kinds of funny prayers. Because people start praying based on their perceived needs, not on the purposes of God. So many do not even understand why they are born again in the first place. Some feel, well, the church is just a place of refuge to run away from witches and wizards, which is okay, it's fine if that's what's pursuing you. To run away from occultic people, so that God can guide you or something. They do not understand that there is an agenda of God on the earth. There is a kingdom agenda. There is something that God wants to birth. There's something that God wants to release. There's something that God wants to build on the earth, that He is raising Many sons to glory, and we're part of that kingdom. Praise God. And if we're part of that kingdom, there is a mandate on us for kingdom purpose, for kingdom lifestyle, for kingdom character and kingdom confession. Hallelujah. First John chapter uh, sorry, John chapter 1, go to verse 1 to 13. Praise God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. That there was a true light which coming into the world, and light is every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, look at this, as many as received him, as many as received him, to them he gave the right. it's not, You know, sometimes translation uses the word power. But that word really, it's right. It's, uh, it's, it's almost, it's exusia It's a legal right. It's not dynamis. It's not uh, a dynamic power. It's not power like atomic bomb. It's more like the power of attorney. You know, it's more like a legal power. To as many as received him, he gave the right, the legal right. Praise God. Glory to God. We have the legal right to be called the sons of God. And these are the ones that's got the capacity for world to faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at this. But as many as received them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Can you remember what John wrote? Even to those who believe in his name. Who were born, not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man but of God. Now, it tells us that this set of people who receive Jesus are born of God. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. It says, these people are born of God. Let that sink in. Come on, I said, let that sink in. We, We hail from God. He is our source. And I'm not just talking about, listen, I'm not just talking about just confessing it, and you know, I'm a child of God. Now I'm talking about the reality that actually when you accepted Jesus and when you believed in Jesus, you literally became born of God. That's what it means. It's not just about joining the church. You became a child of God. You became a son of God or a woman of God or a daughter of God. And that, I mean, come on, that's responsibility. And that responsibility is as you're listening to me today, you ought to represent God your father. And it has nothing to do with the name of your church, it hasn't to do with the name of your pastor, you're a child of God, and you ought to represent the kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, look at this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Go to first Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Just want to establish that we cannot talk about world of overcoming faith until we understand the dynamics of being born of God. First Peter 1 Peter 1:22. Since you have been obedient to the truth, since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Can you see that what John was talking about is the same thing that Peter is talking about here? He's talking about loving the brethren and loving God and obeying God. Now see the way Peter writes it. He says, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. You're obeying God's word. You're purifying your soul, which means you're renewing your mind. You're adjusting the way you think. Listen. If you are in the kingdom, you cannot think forgiveness the way the people of the world thinks forgiveness. You think forgiveness from a kingdom worldview. Look at this now. It says, verse 23, But you have been born again, you have been born again, not of a seed, which is perishable, but what? But imperishable, that is, through the living An enduring word of God. It says you've not been given birth to through the living and enduring word of God. And that's where I want to get to. You see, that word of God, which is living and enduring, if you go to John chapter 1, is Jesus. Is the gospel. And that's why it's important that when people come into the kingdom, we allow them to come into the kingdom by hearing the word. By hearing the gospel. So that the seed of God's word get into their spirit and is locked up in their spirit. And from that seed, they begin to grow and to manifest. Now see what it says. For all flesh is like grass. And all is glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Verse 25. And this is the word which was preached to you. John 1.1 is the word we preached to you. And that's why you see, in the book of Acts, go to Acts chapter 2. Or let's do James first, and then we go to Acts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Come on, are you here? James chapter 1. Praise God. Verse 18. In the exercise of His will, He brought us forth. That means He gave birth to us. Glory to God. He brought us forth. Thank you, Lord. By the word of truth, So that we will be the kind of first fruits among His creatures. You see, it talks about that God gave birth to us. So we can be like first fruits among His creatures. Now, when He talked about this, look at what He says immediately. Go to the next verse. He immediately gives the character of the sons of God. Look at the character. Number one. It says, "This, you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Then he goes on to say, put away all filthiness. What is he trying to say? You've now been born of God. You've received the word of truth. There is a lifestyle that should reflect that conversion. There is a lifestyle that should reflect that conversion. And that lifestyle is born out of that faith that's going to come from the word of God. And this is what is going to help you overcome the world. Praise God. Now, Go to Acts chapter 2 now. Let me show you how people got got into the kingdom. How people got into the kingdom. In Acts chapter 2, you know the story very well, the day of Pentecost, praise God. Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, Acts 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Praise God. Acts 2, 5. It says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and all that. Now they were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. So some of these people were religious people. Now you go to verse 36. Go to verse 36. And Peter began to preach and talked about the whole of the uh, uh, the whole of the salvation story. How? joel prophesied talks about salvation from the old testament and all that and does all of those history and begins to teach and begins to explain and bring forth the word of god praise god and in verse 36 it says therefore let all the house of israel know for a certain that god has made him both lord and christ this jesus whom you crucified verse 37 now when they heard this when they heard the word of truth when they heard about the person of jesus they were pressed to their heart and said brethren and the rest of the apostles Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to Himself. And with many other words, He solemnly testified and kept on exalting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Praise the name of the Lord. So you realize that the first thing when we want to talk about world overcoming faith is to have that assurance of salvation. That we have heard the truth about Jesus. And when we have heard the truth about Jesus, it compels us to want to live a life of the kingdom. So faith is not just given to you to overcome the world so you can go live like the world. Faith is not given to you so you can compete with the world. Faith is not given to you so you can just be relevant in the world. No, there is a system in the world that God wants us to overcome and the faith of our salvation is the seed to build on to be able to overcome the system of the world. If you go to Acts chapter 8 verse 24, I want to close in a moment. Go to Acts chapter 8 verse 24, uh, 24 to 40. You read the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and one of the things you find out is that the man wasn't poor. He was a religious man. He traveled all the way from Ethiopia to, to Jerusalem to partake of the feast. But the scripture says he was reading the book of Isaiah. And he had no understanding. And God had to send Philip to him in the desert. God took Philip from Samaria, a, a city-wide revival, and sent him to, to the desert to preach to the Ethiopian eunuch. And that's what the kingdom is all about. That's what the kingdom is all about. Obeying God when he, he even doesn't make sense. It takes faith, praise God, for you to leave a citywide revival to go and preach to one man in the desert. Praise the name of the Lord. And he went there and preached and he explained the book of Isaiah to him. What did, um, Philip explained to the eunuch. He explained Isaiah. He opened Isaiah up. And Isaiah was pointing to Jesus. He opened Isaiah up so he can see the person of Jesus in the book of Isaiah. And when the Ethiopian eunuch got a revelation of this, he was the one that says, What stopped me from being baptized? Praise the name of the Lord. Saints, if we want to talk about faith that overcomes the world, we must begin to engage the process of understanding what salvation actually is again. Salvation is not just joining the church. Salvation is not just being committed to church. Salvation is actually receiving the message that Jesus came and Jesus took our place. And His death, burial, and resurrection makes us the children of God if we believe in that sacrifice. But most importantly, it confers us into the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Our time is up. Uh, we're going to kick off tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, and we're going to be on time. Praise God. We just had a whole lot of technical um Uh, hitches today, but we're going to resolve them all through the night. We're going to get it ready. 10 o'clock, I'm going to be able to build more on this and I hope that you'll be able to join us. Thank you for your patience, those who waited, and thank you for just tuning in. Let's, Let's just lift up our voices and just thank the Lord and just pray and say, Father, we thank you. Oh, we give you praise. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your mighty work. Blessed be your name forever. Blessed be your name forever. Blessed be your name forever. We thank you for this seminar. We pray that the lives of men will be supernaturally transformed in the name of Jesus and we thank you for those who are going to join us tomorrow morning and we just pray that the blessing of God will rest upon them and the words that were spoken will go forth and bring blessing into their lives in Jesus mighty name we pray amen 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 praise God